Hello everyone, welcome to episode 7 of Bitpicking. I'm Greg. I'm Mark. Hi Mark. Hey Greg. How you doing? Uh, I'm good. It's been a little while, isn't it, actually? It has, yeah, a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, last time we spoke was at Redevelop. It was. A good time was had by all. Um, I think today we should probably catch up on that. We've had a couple of weeks to think about it and just say what we both thought of some of the talks. Let's do it. Mark, what I'm interested in is, it's been a couple of weeks, so what is your lasting thought of the day? What was the thing that you remember? So the one, actually, that stuck with me is one that we didn't talk about on the live broadcast, and the one that I've been thinking about a bit, which was uh, Steve Williams talking about the RNLI. Yep, okay. uh, And creating a team in in a crisis. Yep. Uh, so Steve Williams, for those that weren't there, is a, um, uh, a software developer and agile consultant and uh, is also an experienced RNLI lifeboatman yeah. and drew some parallels between uh, what it takes to bring a team together in a, in a crisis in, on a lifeboat uh, versus how would you do that in a, in a company as a, as a software team or an engineering team. Um, and particularly in the case where you might not have all the people that you want or, you know, you have to make do with, with what you get given. Yeah. Um, so what did I take from this? I'm not, I'm, I, I'm not entirely sure <laughs> if I'm honest, other than just thinking about how, how do you do this in software? Um, so, so the analogy, I suppose, is servers down. You, like, that's your crisis. Yep. Um, and so you have to assemble a team yep. to get things going. And he drew parallels with, um, like, someone's drowning off the coast of Cornwall. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. And, cool. of course, the RNLI are very successful at this, uh, I think. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I, don't, I don't hear too many stories of people... That's true. Yeah. Um, ..you know, drowning because someone managed to, um, I don't know accidentally shut the boat off or something. <laughs> um, yeah. So I presume the R&I are quite, are quite good. Um, and I've, I've often thought about, like, you know, how, how do you make software development a much more uh, robust practice? Medicine's the other kind of example of, you know, you, you've, you've got professions where you're literally putting your life in other people's hands. And mm. Clearly that doesn't really apply as a software. Maybe it does, depending on what sort of software you're building. Um but how do you bring that same level of professionalism whereby you can you can turn up as a lifeboatman you can turn up you get paged you turn up at the lifeboat station and you know that the people that you're working with know how to respond in that yeah that situation um so i mean he talked about um i think it was uh smiac was i think the acronym for uh, situation, mission. Oh, I, sw- I switched off at that point. Uh, <laughs> environment, action, no, admin. But essentially the point was was kind of setting out the, um, setting out what the, what the team have to do. Right. What's okay. the situation you're in? What is it that you're, that you're trying to achieve? Um, uh, you know, what are the analogies of that in a, um, in a software environment, um, 
because I think that those things are all well and good, and I guess we try and do that. It's almost analogous to, uh, you know, a, a sprint in some ways, maybe, where you kind of say, what is it we're trying to achieve in this sprint? What are we trying, yeah. what are we trying to get done? Um, and then how do you find the people that can get that done? And what are the qualities that well, someone I think that in a was, lifeboat has? Yeah, I mean, that was the thing that stuck out to me, is he seemed to indicate that in... In the RNLI situation, they get the page, they get to the, um, what's it called, a port? I don't know. <laughs> Where <laughs> station, the boat is. Lifeboat <laughs> the station. The lifeboat station, yeah, yeah there you go. Um, and they don't know what their role is. Yeah. And then there was another guy or girl, can't remember their name either, who dishes it out. So the person in yeah. charge knows. So yeah. like, if there's a crisis, if there's a, a shout, I think he called it, yeah, yeah. I'm in charge. Yeah. And then people turn up and he says, you're going to be this yeah. And then they go, yes, sir, and they just get on with it. Yeah. So you could turn up and be any one of a number of roles. And I guess there's the training involved, so he must know, or they must know who can do what. But what I found interesting was that, like, so someone could do anything. Yes, you yeah, know? right. And yeah. so if you were very, very experienced and skilled, yeah. you, could, you wouldn't know. You could be in any one of, them, of you know, many, many roles. And I don't think we get that in software. No. You know, you I, get, I mean, there are, I think there are people that, dabble but i think you would find it uncomfortable if one of your front-end developers was suddenly asked to or so say suddenly but was then asked in a crisis to yes. go and do the that some kind of ops role which know, even you, if they were capable of it you'd feel yeah, a bit weird right, yeah know? yeah which makes me think, think of two things here's a choose your own adventure right yeah. do you want to talk about a or b <laughs> yeah. um because um, my my first thought is about um uh, education and certification. How do you make sure that someone is qualified to do that role? Yeah, I could say to you, Greg, you're now the surgeon, but <laughs> I, I, do you have any surgery qualifications? I've used some scissors. Okay, <laughs> cool. So <laughs> I mean, when I was young, so you I used can to cut like, them open. You just can't put them back together. Again. Well, I can do both. I used to undo my Christmas presents <laughs> and then you carefully put, put them back, back together. together. Yeah. <laughs> so, I also once took a Mega Drive apart. And, okay. and performed some surgery on it because I didn't like it. Oh, and okay. told my mum that it, um, it had just broken. And she right. took it back to the shop. And then when I was in the shop, I said, actually, can you swap it for a Super Nintendo instead? <laughs> <laughs> and they agreed. <laughs> so, cool. Down nice. with Sonic. Nice. So, so, option A, qualifications. How do you make sure people are, uh, are qualified to, to do something? And, and how can you do that in software? Um, option B was, um, I caught the tail end, actually, <coughs> excuse me, of... Uh, uh, a conversation on Twitter where uh, some people were asserting that uh, the most valuable people in software were people that can do anything, to your point. Oh, right, you know, okay. that, yeah. that you are a developer, but you sort of do product owner stuff or you do database stuff and all that. Sure. Uh, and other people who were contending that um, that's all well and good, but actually what you really want is specialism and yeah, that's how you really achieve greatness is people being specialised and, and deeply knowledgeable about the things that they do. Right, yeah. Which of those do you want uh, to talk about? I don't like the end result of certification, which is I think it then stops people. Um, this is a bit dramatic, but it's, it, it, it inhibits free will a bit because you, mm -hmm. you have to sort of pick, like, I'm going to be a scrum master. 
Right. And then yeah. so then you go and you pursue Scrum Mastery, you know, and then if anything along that journey um, else crops up, you sort of feel a bit conflicted because you're like, well, I'm going after this. And so there's other opportunities come up. That's that's how that's what you I think. You happens. don't you don't you don't have to. It doesn't have to force you down a path, does it? I mean, you, no, but you have to be quite strong-willed to to to. I, I feel like well, my experience of people is you have to be quite strong-willed to to be able to do that because I yeah. think people feel like they're losing something once they once they start a, the pursuit of a of, of a certification to sort of change from that. I think it's harder. Yeah, than... I mean, I suppose I was thinking at it coming from the other the other way around. It was not so much you choosing what you want to do, but if you come to me and say I'm going to be the scrum master this week, scrum master is a really poor yeah. example because I mean, yeah, I'm not I'm not really talking about agile certification here, right? That sends a bit of a shiver up my spine, um, but but more technical capability. If you come to me and say, Mark, I want to uh, spend three months rebuilding our databases, uh, how do I know that you are qualified to be messing around in in my databases? What, what qualifications should you be able to show that you are qualified and credible at that? And that what, what's your answer? Yeah, I don't, I don't have answers, Craig. I'm, I'm not on this podcast to give answers. I just ask the questions. Um, it's really tricky. I mean, and I've, I have often thought, um, you know, whilst leading teams, how can I, how can I uh, make sure? Well, let's just not make sure. I mean, the, the other thing that I thought about this was I remember watching, this is a little bit random, but I remember seeing a, 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 a documentary about a hotel. And there was a guy who, who, um, who owned this hotel and he had new staff that came in and basically kind of put them through their paces. You know, and then after a week, basically said, right, show me how you do this. And if they couldn't do it, they were essentially, right, you, you've not made the grade. Um, and as software developers, we don't, we don't like that, do we? We don't like having people kind of assess our suitability to do things or even if or 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 if we if we do you know you can talk about sort of agile certification when i see a cv that's got a list of qualifications on it reject (laughs) yeah maybe not maybe not reject but i certainly don't it's really qualified person i don't reject i don't i don't put an awful lot of store in it just because you've sat a bunch of aws exams or you know oracle certified java developer exams or whatever it may be I don't go, wow, this is the guy, he knows what he's doing. But I wonder whether I'm wrong on that. I kind of think, well, maybe I, is, is that what I'm, what I'm after? The thing is, technology is so broad these days mm. and, and the, the scale of development that you do, there's, you know, it's fine. You, you can be an Oracle certified Java developer, but that doesn't, doesn't necessarily mean you know how to yeah, exactly. approach these other problems in the yeah, right yeah. the right way. Where where maybe Java's not even the answer, right? You know, the, the, maybe that's interesting. Maybe um, maybe CVs should just be a list of failures. Maybe. <laughs> and then, oh, okay. And then yeah, you um, so you can sort of see where somebody has tried and how they overcame it, and maybe they didn't, but therefore they learned something. Maybe that's yeah. You should just start interviewing you, people on you, that basis. You wouldn't accept that on a surgeon's CV, would you? <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> it's all the people that have died. True. That's true. So, yeah. so I sort of feel like I'm, I'm kind of having my cake and eating it by saying, I, 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 want you, I want you to be 
uh, I want you to be experienced and I want to be able to demonstrate that you're experienced, but I don't want you to actually do an exam to do it. I mean, going back to you having LI, I, I, I don't remember what Steve said, but I think he um, implicated that they do get trained and there's a, there's a big oh, yeah, investment. They get trained. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I but I mean that, like, that's, in, that's my thought that it's a, it's a very prescriptive training. That's well. what I mean. It's yeah. A, like, of course this, you get trained. This is but, the yeah. way that you do this. And, yeah. and quite often in software engineering, uh, we don't like that. Yeah. Well, I've got my own ideas of how we should do it. And everyone's opinion is the, is the correct one. And it's um, actually, I mean, I am following where you're going because one of the other things about the RNLI model was once you were given a role, you knew exactly what you were meant to do in that role. Yeah. But more importantly, everyone else knew what, what you would you do. do. And, and I would guess if you did it differently, you would fuck up whatever that yeah. thing There's was. There's the e-tag again, Greg. Oh. <laughs> um, and, yet in, and you're right, in software, we don't do that. So... Um, otherwise equivalent developers may approach yes. a problem completely differently, yeah. which means the downstream dependencies yeah. would be different. Yes. And so you, so in a crisis, you would never know like, okay, well, this person is going to follow this procedure. Yeah. You, you know, and there's the whole thing about, oh, don't give me solutions, you know, let me solve the problem by myself and that yeah. kind of stuff. But maybe in a crisis, that's not what you want. You know, you don't want that no. kind of open-ended... You know. and, and I mean, this feels like it's it's going into my my option B of things to talk about, which is whether is it better to have people that are specialists or people that are are generalists. Yeah. And I, I and I think you know if we take that example, what you want are people that can be specialists in many different areas, but shouldn't be. What you don't want is the guy that just does everything, and everyone else just sits around waiting for him to. To do it, you're like, well, it's great. You can be a product owner, or you can you can be a developer, or you can be a DBA. Do people still have DBAs? Is that a thing these days? Uh, I don't. Hello to any DBAs. <laughs> yes, <listening>? yeah, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, aren't they called but, no no DBAs now? <laughs> <laughs> um, so you, so you can you can be those things, but at any one point in time. You should be doing that to your fullest extent and knowing that that's what you're doing and not trying to spread yourself across all yeah. of those. I'm, 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 I'm definitely on the fence about specialist versus generalist um, because I understand the value of a generalist because sometimes problems aren't very clean and so you need someone who can play across the field a bit. But then almost at the same time, you also need people that can get really dirty on one thing yeah. and get it done you know, um, and so you sort of need, you need both at the same time. And sometimes you don't have the luxury of a massive team so that you can have that and yeah. you could sort of, you know, pick on different people as and when um, you need to. So if you've got a small team, should you hire generalists or should you hire specialists? Yeah. You know, but you were saying there, like you need someone who's a specialist in lots of things. And I guess there's two things there. Firstly, that seems like basically you just need 10 X's or rock stars, all that crap, you know. Like ourselves. <laughs> Obviously. Um, but secondly, you need to somehow know that they're specialists in those things. Yeah. Which then just takes you back to option A, which is they need some, or we maybe need some kind of Boy Scout, you know, yeah, badges. Yeah, got my badge, got yeah. my DBA badge. Yeah, exactly. You know, if if you need help, I can I can help you with your your schemas. Yeah. 
So my, it's a bit muddy, isn't it? My problem with um, certifications, uh, I think, are, are either that they are, particularly when I think about the Agile certification, the idea that you can go on a three-day course and suddenly you're equipped to deal with... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't, what are you supposed to be equipped to deal with? I don't, I don't know, but equipped to deal with the world of the, the maelstrom of software development yeah. uh, is, is ludicrous. Um, but also then I look at, um, you know, having looked through the uh, Java certifications previously, where you've then got some ludicrously in-depth questions about things that in the real world you're just not going to care about or yeah. you know um, my life as a Java developer has been no less uh, uh, no less mm, cut uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for not knowing those things that word's not coming to me but uh, so no, maybe it's not certification though I mean I don't like it, but maybe the whole LinkedIn endorsement thing, you know, like the joke about your failures yes. or whatever, you know, it's really just saying, um, I've, I have experience, you know, yes. I've been in a situation yes. that was hairy and I'm, I've lived to tell the tale. And I think that's quite valuable. Now, but how do you know about that? One thing you know? we did at our former employer, uh, I can't remember whether you were around at the time was what we called XP competencies. Oh yeah, yeah, and we essentially got the team to peer review each other, and say, "Do you think that so and so is credible in this particular uh, area? You know, yeah. what qualities have you seen that make them credible or experienced in that area?" And I think that's a, that. Yeah, that was quite a good idea. I think that touches on that. Is yeah, you like you say, you need to be endorsed. You need someone else to tell you that mm. you're that you're qualified. And it's not necessarily. But then you've got the exam. quality of the of the endorser. You know, like I, I mean, there's some people I've I've worked with and encountered who I just think are complete knobs, and other people love them. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you seeing that I'm not? You know what I mean? I, I have the answer to this. Blockchain. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a problem that blockchain solves? I, I think it is. In fact, someone told me that. And they sold me on yeah. that the other day. And now I have an entire blockchain HR system. <laughs> that exists. I'm betting that exists. Yeah. Although, funny enough, I hold that thought for the stack because it, it's sort of like that weird Chinese social network that was around a few years ago, maybe now. We'll come back to that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, somebody might endorse someone and say, this guy's really good at, you know, front-end UI, UX type stuff. And then you go and look at it and you're like, yeah right. yeah 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 so so it's hard isn't it you almost need like an endorsement of the endorsers to you know a, multi of, a multiplier effect a ring of trust like a little blue tick like on twitter yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think this is linkedin's business model. yeah yeah that's true because if 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 um you know if if linus torvalds told me that greg was awesome at linux kernel development you got that email yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> it went to everyone. It went to everyone. Uh, then, um, yeah, I certainly take it far more than... Than Richard Stallman. <laughs> Eating the grime from between his toes. Yeah. But this is like going back to the Chinese social network thing. Yeah. 
I don't. In fact, I think there were two. There was one which was a Chinese one where they were going to rate their citizens. Can't remember the details, but that was the crux of it. Everyone had a a rating for being a good citizen. Yeah. And then there was also that um, American thing where you could just rate people on being a good person. So yeah, it was like yeah. LinkedIn, but just for social interactions. Are you not thinking of Black Mirror? Well, and then there was an episode of Black right, Mirror okay, where that happened. Right, okay, yeah. um, and that's where, it's, yeah. that's where we're sort of going, aren't we? That's, that's the, the extreme, it's like, the you know, what's your developer credentials? Well, I'm a 7.8. Yeah, you know, yeah. And then you're yeah. a, you know, a 2.6. Who knows which way is highest? Whoa. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then that's how you suddenly start evaluating people. Yeah. That doesn't seem. Oh, dishwasher's empty. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just trying to think if there's anything, like you talk about social network, I'm just trying to think if anything like that existed. I'm, I'm fairly sure that, like, in a code sense you know, that kind would of it be um, get, get like Stack what? Overflow well, we, okay, well, it's that isn't it it's Stack Overflow Stack Overflow it's, what are they called yeah. um, Upvote yeah I'm so, I think I'm mixing things I, know, I was going to say I was going to say Karma but that's Reddit isn't that's it that's Reddit but, yeah, um, yeah, Upvote is uh, that as well yeah. um, or GitHub commits yeah you know like there's that little graph you get when you log in but there's a I find Stack Overflow really hard to participate in not not through any fault of, of Stack Overflows but but my own like, I feel that I'm a reasonable developer, <laughs> and yet you're a two point four, and yet, and yet I don't, I don't find it very easy to uh, to contribute on Stack Overflow. Every time I've kind of gone, oh, I'm going to go and answer some Stack Overflow questions. I think maybe because now you're into the the, the detail, right? All, all the simple questions <laughs> that you can easily go, well, oh, yeah, I know that, you know. And now you're into, well, unless you've been using this framework for the last you know six months you know, yeah. and come across this very specific issue you're unlikely to actually know the know the answer yeah i've got a bit i'm a lurker i don't i don't um, no. participate at all i've also tried quora which yeah, i find that a was, weird website well it i mean that was it was really popular wasn't it when it came out yeah. and it was like yeah it's all going to be you know curated and experts and all that kind of stuff now it just seems to be like crap I mean, you get good answers, but the way you look at it, I mean, for a period, they've stopped it now. For a period, you couldn't see answers to and below until you signed in or something. Yeah. You know, so. well, yeah, I find, I, find the, I find the UI a bit bewildering, but I also find I see lots of questions that appear like they've only been asked with the intention of Promoting posting an answer. Oh, right. Do you know okay. what I mean? It's, yeah, a, yeah. it's such a specific question. You're going, well, you wouldn't ask that unless you already had an answer prepared or knew yeah, someone who yeah. had an answer prepared. Yeah. To do that. And then so the I've... first answer is full disclosure. <laughs> yeah. I've created a site that solves exactly this problem. There we go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so let's try and let's try and bring bring this these threads together because uh, it'd be good to talk about some other bits from redevelop. Mm. Uh, do do we agree with certification of? Um, I think is a good thing for software developers. Um, I can't say that aloud. But I, I do think it's hard when you're trying to find good people um, not having something objective that you can call on. Yeah. So there's a, there's yeah. a giant fence in the middle there. Yes, I agree. <laughs> I think it's no, I suppose, uh, as with the in endorsing people, but endorsement of exams would be a, 
useful thing what are the useful what are the exams that i should actually go do you know what it's good that someone's got that certification yeah versus other exams that i think you know hey i've got i've I've just i've just uh graduated in software development from trump university Mm. Uh, i do wonder if in big business you know if you're in a google or a facebook or an amazon you can you can handle all of this because you'll have your own internal training. Well, the, yeah, yeah, this is this then, is it. This is what a lot of what I've thought about is like what what could I do as a as a someone leading a a team? Can I put exams in place? But that kind of feels like I, a. I'm sure people would feel offended <laughs> if you said, right, I'm now going to set an exam like the, the X factor for, for you. And yeah. B, there's always a thing like, well, the the exam is always skewed towards. It would be skewed well, towards the, thing, the things that I know rather well, than no, the things that I Well, no, but I think it would be skewed towards the business. And so that's why I think you yeah. can sustain it in a, in a big business because you have, the, you have the, the, um, the funds and the commitment that it's all going to pay off. But yeah. then, that, then that says, right, so if I've, if I've got a lot of endorsements, if we're calling them that, instead of certifications or qualifications from Facebook, are they going to apply when I move right. to... Yeah, MySpace is that still a thing? Yeah. You know, yeah, probably. Uh, Bebo. Because it's c- going to be completely different. Like, for example, yeah. Facebook. You know, they've got their own version of PHP, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. does that make that person a PHP developer? I mean, good question. You know. So yeah, Joey's out. Good. So well, developers, would you like to be more certified? What are good exams? What are bad exams? Yeah. Um, let us know at Bitpicking on Twitter. Good plug. DBAs, if you're still listening. (laughs) Are you out there? I'm going to go and find a DBA podcast now. So, Greg, what did you take away from Redevelop? Um, The one that's made me continue to think about is the estimation one. So, Dominica's. And I don't like that. I like, the talk was great. Dominica okay. was, was great and the talk was great. Um, and um, we mentioned it a bit on the live one last, uh, last time, which was that Dominica essentially put forward that when you're estimating, here are a bunch of things that you should think about so that your estimates are not wildly out. So, for example, uh, it might be the cost of context switching. You know, when she was talking about what that cost is and therefore... Um, you need to sort of address that. You know, if you're in a situation where you're going to constantly be switching, you need to accommodate that in your estimate. Or maybe different times of year, um, you know, over summer, you can have a lot of the team out. So something that takes two weeks in summer might take um, one week in winter or that kind of thing. Great, that was all sort of great. But um, the way it was sort of, uh, sort of in my head, it was I wasn't really enjoying it was because I felt like, that was on the assumption that estimates were the right thing to do. Um, and yeah. I would um, have preferred some discussion about should you estimate at all or not. But the whole topic, frankly, frustrates me because it's been going on for like 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish that we'd it, just sort yeah, it out somehow. Yeah, yeah. You know, But I can't, I can't escape it. And since, since Redevelop, I've been in situations um, where, where it's come up you know, and it's, you know, I've wanted, for some reason, I've wanted to have an understanding of how big a thing is, or someone else has wanted an understanding of how big a thing is. And then you're in that mode of like, well, are we going to have this conversation again? 
you know, and I've spoken to other people about it, you know. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it, I sort of, if I'm honest, I'm a little bit bored of the topic, but what I'm not bored about is the fact that it just won't die. No. You yeah. know, and it's still such a big thing, and I think that bothers me because I think there's there's a lot of other things we should be worrying about as a community or as a, um, you know, as a profession, and yet we seem to stick on these these things which have got really have got nothing to do with what our core skill is, which is programming, you know, and they're all sort of admin-y type stuff. And I'm like, oh, can we just, but the can we go and talk about machine learning algorithms the, or something like that? But the problem I see there <laughs> is because actually estimation is the, uh, forms part of the boundary between us and other people who are not in that conversation, who have not been talking about it for the last 15 years. They just happily go along thinking, I just need to go and ask the dev team for an estimate and it'll, it'll all be done. So until we actually sort of really uh, have that conversation with with everybody, and you know, there's lots of people to have that conversation with, because you know, when I say everybody, that's that's the product owners in our organisations, mm. that's potentially the you know, uh, uh, project managers or product managers, or it's client account managers or it's the clients themselves or just anybody that mm. the engineering has to interface with people want an estimate you know mm. and i i mean i i agree with you i get uh, horrifically frustrated at the amount of time that's wasted on estimates or i feel is wasted on estimates well, same, but i'm talking fundamental more fundamental than that that talking this conversation now <laughs> you know it's like talking about how estimates can be wasteful yeah that i get a bit like Oh, again? You know, although I'm, I mean, I'm the you one just that introduced it. You had yeah, a, I know exactly. You could have picked from any topic Be- because it's that sort it. of thing where um, it's the whole pick your battles thing. Because you, you, you could, I could just go, okay, yeah, all right. You know, I'm enlightened. You're not, but let's just ignore it, <laughs> and I'll give you an estimate. But I can't do it, yeah. and I have to bite. You know, every single time. And um, and but you, but you must also accept that that. The people ask for estimates for a reason. Some, oh, yeah. some people yeah, yeah. ask for estimates for a reason. Other people just yeah, and actually, do it they so, feel like that's the way that it should should work. But yeah, and and I think actually, you said it on the on the last podcast that you know sometimes you have to make priority decisions at quite a high level, and one of the inputs into that is how much it's going to cost to build. Yeah. So you've got three or four features that are at the top of your, um, you know, your your backlog. Which one are you going to do next? Yeah, you know, and it is interesting to know that one of them actually will only take a week, and another one's going to take three months. So I totally get that, you know, and and so I'm not sort of, I'm not um, staunchly no estimates, um, but I, I think what I think the thing I'm more interested in is is how it just won't go away. Yeah, you know, and there's quite a lot of topics like this, and they're all related to non-programming, mm-hmm. like maybe or maybe I'm just not in those conversations. Yeah, you know. Um, but it's about um, Scrum or Kanban, or it's about uh, estimates or not, or the, you know, all sorts of other things. And sometimes I just think that we should just all agree to go one way, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just for a wouldn't, bit. Wouldn't that be lovely? You know, and see see how how long it goes. Because, and I think one of the things is that that I'm missing is that there are quite a lot of new people that come in. So when I say like 15 years, I mean it's got to be about that that I've been sort of in this world and 
um, I forget that there's some people that have only been in there for six months or two months. There's yeah. students that haven't even yet entered yeah. the world of, you know, and I'm being a bit unfair by sort of not wanting to have these conversations when there are people that sort of need to have them because they're yeah. having them for the first time. And what I find interesting about that is that, and I think I've said this in the past, is it's almost like there's this weird learned behavior that none of us are taught, but we all leave school with, which is a classic waterfall mm. project management assumption. Yep. So we all assume that the way to do projects is the waterfall method. We'll yes. think about everything up front, we'll estimate it all, add it all together, put it in a nice little chart. And everybody leaves, or everybody seems to start employment with that. So any conversation has to fight against that. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, where's yeah. that being taught? Because <laughs> you'd think by now, people would be leaving um, or joining work with a different view. But you said it yourself. There's, there's well, agencies out there that, that, that think like that. There's managers out there that think like that. But and this is, I guess, my side of of the argument, if, if I have a side, I don't have a side, but anyway, <laughs> because, I, because, I, because I hate doing estimates, but, but at the same time, it comes in the real world, right? When, when, I, uh, uh, when I have to do anything, I need to make some estimate of, you know, how long it's going to take or what it's going to cost, or if, if I get a builder in, I ask the builder to give me an estimate, right? Would you be happy? And I know... You've had recent experience of builders. <laughs> yeah. But you wouldn't be happy to get a builder in and him go, well, you know, we'll just see how it goes. And, and you know, you I mean, just tell you know, it, it, when put on the spot like this, I want to say, yes, I would. You know, yeah, come in, take your time. <laughs> um, but no, that, that is the reality. I wouldn't. Yeah, so what's special about software development that we go, it's not the right way to do it. You're all wrong. Everything that you know in life is, is wrong. Software is software's just different, you know. I think the difference is that when you're doing a construction project or a building project, yeah. you do have a very clear end state. You know, um, because you have plans drawn out or you have physical constraints that mean that you, you have to do certain things. So it feels a bit like it's not unreasonable to have some time window that things can get done. And there's a lot of precedence. You know, putting up a stud wall doesn't differ much. You know, and if it does, I would, I would like to think that's because there is some very extraordinary event that you can never have planned for mm -hmm. and therefore everyone, you know, is let off. But my experience with that situation in software is it's novel, the end goal is a bit unclear, or even if it is clear when you start, it generally isn't. And that's where this, all, this whole thing falls down and it all becomes wasteful and that kind of thing. But so how, maybe I'm suggesting it's not, it's not a fair comparison. How novel is it really? 90% of the world's software developers are building a web app. <laughs> sure, and, and what's actually in the web app is... You know, so I'm, I'm aware that I've got a very squeaky chair here. Um, uh, what's in the web app is sure a little bit different, but at the end of the day, you're going to stick some stuff on a on a UI. You're going to store some stuff in the database. You're going to do some logic in the background. Is it really 
that novel? Is it so new that you can't, you know, if I'm building a stud wall, I have to take into account the types of materials that are around it. I have to account for maybe it needs to be a certain thickness, you know, it, this stud wall right here that you're this wall here is a stud wall that they had had to put in it's very nice (laughs) but they had to account for uh you know what was there before and they may not have seen that those conditions before in this in this stud wall example this is the stud wall episode (laughs) (laughs) though but i think those things are known up front they're known knowns So, so i know that when i'm building a stud wall i have to accommodate you know, all of these weird things, maybe not even weird by the fact that they're known. So, so I think that's, that's fine because they're known because the builder comes in and looks at it and assesses it and writes down on his little pad if he needs to. (laughs) In order to make an estimate. Whereas, whereas (laughs) obviously, you know, certain uh, disciplines in software development encourage people just to crack on and get on with it and discover these things as they go. And that's when you go, oh, really? Now I've got to change it all. Right. So, but then I had a conversation with um, uh, Kaylee. She won't mind me saying that. So she was the co-host with me at Redevelop, and we were talking about um, this topic. Um, and she was saying she sort of held two views at the same time. One view was um, she's constantly being told to reprioritize. Mm-hmm. I say being told, but she gets into situations where she's being told to reprioritize, which is exactly the red flag for the waste. Mm-hmm. You know, because if you suddenly deprioritize something you've spent a long time planning yeah um that's obviously waste and then at the other sense she's saying well i can't reprioritize until i know how big things are because of the the former thing we said about well i need to know now how much things cost so maybe maybe we just have to uh, just take it as a cost of doing software and again because what i'm trying to get to is not really my opinion on whether you should estimate or not which is how do we stop having the conversation (laughs) So maybe the answer is estimates are in. Yeah, Hashtag maybe. full estimates, I think <laughs> top to bottom, so we can stop talking about it and move on. The um, Yeah, my thought talking about that is uh, one thing I really don't like, uh, and maybe this is more to do with the, the, the types of software developers that I hang around with <laughs> rather than anything else, because maybe this is a sweeping statement, but... Software developers love to think that they're different, that these things don't apply to them. If, if you know, Talking about the certification, if I'm a doctor and someone says to me, what qualifications you got? Oh, I don't, I don't believe in qualifications. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't really reflect the real world. You know? But again, it's... So we it... should just stop going, oh God, we're somehow different. But you we're doing a bloody say... job. Get on with it. Do some qualifications. Do some estimates. Sure, if they're wrong, they're they're wrong. But learn from it and and do something different rather than the constant fight against it. I think I think there's some very valid substance in that. However, I th- like I think comparing software projects to construction projects is probably a bit flawed. I also think comparing software developers with doctors <laughs> on the on the basis of risk. Okay, you know the yes, risk yes. of fucking up when you're a doctor is huge. So so naturally you would over you know millennia since we've you know gone through medicine and all that kind of thing you want some trust that somebody knows what they're doing maybe software is still too young for that but frankly if your website goes over for an hour yeah you know those shareholders won't be happy but you know Mm -hmm. no one's really going to die and actually i think that's one of the reasons a lot of this stuff 
is so hard because it's not high risk. And so I think really deep down, some people just don't care. Yeah. So oh, they're I not invested in, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. in their professional development or providing decent estimates or being part of the conversation, you know, because it is a sort of, it seems a bit unfair to say it's not important, but I don't know what the words are for it, but you know mm. what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so I think I agree with you because there's that great video by Uncle Bob about professionalism. Are we allowed to talk about Uncle Bob? I, I'm not sure. <laughs> We're not a political podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> if we just take him on his views on yes. Um, professionalism. God. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. And, which I uh, agree with. And which I think is where you were going with that, where, you know, um, what, what's the, the video sort of says, just basically, if you're going to do something, do it really fucking good. <laughs> I've got all the swearing in this Double tag. <laughs> um, we'll, 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 we'll put a link out to the video because I think it's really good. But really, the message is what you're saying. Like, why are software developers, um, why do they get away with it? Right. You know, and in yeah. other industries, you don't. Um, and so if you're going to be a good developer, here are some things you should be doing, like test-driven development or continuous integration or whatever. You know, and if you're not, you know, yeah. are you really a good developer? Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, because, I'm because in that, uh, and I think it's the same video, he talks about estimates, actually, and, and talks about um, how... You, you, Does he say, did, I'm bored of talking about estimates? No, <laughs> Just fucking do it. No, no, but he says, but he, he essentially says... Be truthful in your estimates. Give me a range. Tell, give me your best range of answers. Don't try and tell me what you think I want to hear. Don't try and sandbag it. Yeah. Just say to me, best case, it'll be this, but there's a chance it could be this, and I'll and I'll accept that. So, if you're just clear about what the uh, the constraints and the caveats are. Then everyone goes home happy, you know. And I know. I mean, I, Lord knows, I spent enough time when someone comes to me and says, "Can you estimate this?" Open the Jira ticket one line. I want the moon on a stick, and you go, "Oh, life." There is no way I can estimate. I can estimate that, you know. And then you you spend a lot of time to your point about wasting time in these conversations because you. It's easy to spend a lot of time just kind of gnashing and wailing, going, "Oh, this is so unfair, <laughs> yeah, so unfair." Yeah. Whereas actually your time would be much better spent going, right, let's sit down, let's have a conversation about it. You know, and even if we don't get to the, the exact details to what you want, I'm going to give you, you know, I will tell you what the constraints are, what the, what the unknowns are, and I will give you, it could be this and it could be this. It's a range. Mm. Um, and then we take from that. And uh, yeah, talking about risk, at the end of the day, what happens when you get the estimate wrong? Right, it, it, it's not a matter of life mm. and death. Generally, depending on where you're working, <laughs> I suspect yeah. you're working on a like a medical, like a surgeon robot or something. Yeah, yeah, that might be that might be more <laughs> difficult. But you know, at the end of the day, if you, it, you know, in most reasonable software development environments, if you get the estimate wrong, the estimate is wrong, and you know, and people you people get yeah. a little bit upset, but yeah, you, yeah. you move on and you and you you keep going. Yeah. So, um, so I saw um, just to sort of close that bit off because um, I think this is quite interesting. Maybe we should do some homework, Mark, oh. uh, because I'm sure it's Kent Beck. We've dropped all the names today. Yeah. You know? We're gonna have to like at them all so we get some like more followers. No, no, no. We have to restate that we're not an agile podcast. 
No, we don't not. deliberately talk about agile software development. No, but this is my point actually, that because that's what it all dis- it always descends into that. Yeah. Like, and I don't know what it is. Like, you can't you can't talk about something without eventually it becoming about agile. Like, it, it seems. Now, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm doing it and I'm the problem <laughs> and I'm fully willing to admit that. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Kent Beck, um, he tweeted quite a lot a while ago about this. Maybe you've heard of it. Con- convex, converge, and something else. It's like it's like a new model that, um, uh, that he's sort of putting together for um, this sort of problem. Mm-hmm. And we should do some homework on it because I don't really understand it. But from what I do understand... You basically identify up front what sort of project you're in and what stage of the project you're in. And then that determines what all these things are. So you might, oh no, it's explore, expand. Not, I think he started off and it was convex and something. And he's changed it to expand and explore and that kind of stuff. Is, is this not just a, it sounds like a restatement of the, I'm going to say it wrong, Kenefin? model which actually turned up in someone's talk maybe even steve, steve williams yeah talk. yeah Kinefin, uh, it might you, be you model things as either this is unknown we've done it before this is complex we've you know someone yeah that's done it right before, it was a but decision yeah right yeah, yeah versus chaotic no one's ever done it it's a completely yeah. new thing yeah so a similar sort of thing um and maybe it's the same. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I, I don't know. And that's why I need to do some homework on it. But essentially, what I'm sort of trying to shoehorn in is if you're in a complex situation, then maybe that determines what your estimation strategy is, yeah. if you need one or not. And if you're in a you know a, a known um, situation, then that then it changes. And if you could just if everyone's just sort of upfront about it, like I don't mean upfront in a sort of like how to communicate way, but you up front you say, we're going to do this thing, we are marking this as a complex problem, yeah. and then therefore everybody knows, right, okay, well, when I'm asked to do an estimate, it's okay to be like this. Yeah. You know, or, and when I'm asked to put together a project plan, it's okay to do it this way. Do you see what I mean? Do you see what I'm getting at? There? Yeah. Maybe that would be helpful. True. I just think you, you need a kind of rules of engagement. You need a, what you need a little laminated sheet that you can give to people. Whenever you give them an estimate, you give them a little laminated card that says, here's the... Do you remember when I made the, um, that card game? Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I made a card game for, um, uh, for well, for Agile. It was kind of about product development. Product cycle, development, it? yeah. And, so, um, and it was based on um, my, what I assumed is Magic the Gathering. What was it called? Agile, the gathering or something like that. But everyone had a card and the, the card said um, what your responsibilities were, what your um, what artifacts you produced and who had to be with you for certain things. So yeah. like the product owner could come in and say, I'm going to play the estimation card. Uh-huh. And then everyone would have a card, that, the estimation card, and it would say what their role was and what they, you know... Yeah, you should you should commercialize that. Yeah, it's on my GitHub actually. So it's, is it? And I think it's in GitHub Pages, so it's actually out there. So we'll B- put a link to that. the gathering. That's how yeah. we, that's how we make money out of this thing. <laughs> we do come up with quite a few product ideas on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got endorsement, some endorsement platform for yeah. software developers. Yeah, some sort. Of, yeah, certification kind of. Uh, I mean, who can thing? forget the shitting? <laughs> actually, yes, <laughs> free shitting with every uh, <laughs> certification. <laughs> All right, okay, well, we've done that. I, I have contributed to my own frustration about the endless conversations about estimating by talking about it for 20 minutes. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's wrap it up. 
So I think we're coming towards the end of this episode, this little uh, redevelop wrap-up. Um, just before we go, any exciting, interesting things in tech for you, Greg? Well, hot off the press, just as I came in, and if we get this edited and out, we may have a scoop. Uh, I heard that IBM have just bought Red Hat. IBM have bought Red Hat? Yes. You're not as, you're not as interested in this as I thought you might be. <laughs> No, you're like Red Hat. Who's that? This, uh, I was well. I was just trying. I was just trying to think to myself um, whether those two were already connected in some way. Anyway, I'm not sure. Feels like they probably went to some. All yeah, right, so it's not as quite as exciting as I thought it was. Um, maybe. Hey, do you know what? I, uh, talking of exciting, um, <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> you, you were, well, you were quite excited about your little um, your little iPlayer RSS feed. Oh my god, that's taken over my life. <laughs> That has taken, yeah, I am very excited about it. So I've created, um, well, I'll tell you the problem. Um, so I listen to a lot of BBC radio live shows, um, and so they're not available on the podcast. Um, so BBC published podcasts are not available. But because of this obsession with keeping people in their own little communities, you only know about it by going into the BBC iPlayer app and then like finding it, basically. And that used to frustrate me because I'd forget, you know, because I'm listening to other stuff. And then all of a sudden I would have, I'd have like three or four of the live shows to sort of catch up with. And I thought, I really want it in my podcast player. So um, I have wired together um, four or five different tools in order to get from the iPlayer website to an RSS feed that then is in my, uh, my podcast app. And it works. I'm very impressed. And the reason I'm excited about it is because it is... You know, like you have to pick that tool over there that someone else has done and wire it yeah, up to yeah, that one. Yeah. So there's a there's a quite a well known script called get underscore iPlayer, which is a Perl script that allows you to um, to download iPlayer streams. I mean, it's of dubious legal, <laughs> <laughs> but it's there. Hello, any lawyers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then I found another script uh, that will then pass the download history of the get iPlayer script and convert that into an RSS feed. Um, so then I wrapped all of that into a Docker container, A, because it was fun, but also because I'm a bit OCD about having a proliferation of like crap on my system. So when you put it in Docker, at least it's self-contained. Then I needed to obviously have it published. So then you've got to think about, right, I need a web server um, to do that. And then I didn't want all of this content just out on the free web because I didn't want my bandwidth being used up plus, you know, see the aforementioned dubious legal thing. Yeah. So then I was like, well, I need to put that behind some kind of security. So I chose basic auth, but then I needed to um, have that over HTTPS. So then that took me into Let's Encrypt, which okay, is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Let's Encrypt is great. Yeah. Um, so you can see there's quite a lot going on there and actually in an afternoon, um, wired it all together and now I have a, you know, a single Docker image that you just run and it all just happens automatically. It's really cool. That's good. Mm. Greg is available for hire at Bitmaking. <laughs> well, I will put it on my GitHub, um, but at the moment I can't. In fact, it is there already. It's called C120. Okay. Which I'm, nice, nice. I'm endlessly okay. um, excited by. Do you, do you get it? Yeah, yeah, away? yeah. Well, I'm, I'm old like you, <laughs> so. Because <laughs> this is like a long legacy of me trying to record content from the BBC. <laughs> I used to, because this is all about the essential mix, um, which is like a two-hour uh, mix show that's been going 25 years, actually. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, it was always overnight, so it was like 1am. And so what I used to do is we were, we were quite an early adopter of Sky. So we had a satellite dish and BBC used to broadcast their radio um, over the satellite. Yeah. And of course, back in those days, VCRs were quite popular. And what did VCRs have? Programmable yeah, recording. Yeah, yeah. So I used to get a two-hour videotape and program it to record the BBC radio <laughs> channel while the Essential Mix was on, and then later dub it onto a C120 tape. <laughs> um, and so that's why it's called C120. Right, okay, so, I like it. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Which reminds me, um, if I can just quickly talk about something, and, and I, this is not... Um, please, listeners, don't tune into this if you're wanting bleeding edge technology use apart from the IBM acquisition of Red Hat obviously but um, um, only sort of um, uh, a couple of years late uh, I've been doing a bit with Lambda recently on on, on Amazon oh yeah yeah so serverless yeah functions. serverless stuff uh, which is uh, which has proved really cool actually I think we're just about to turn off like nine servers because we've just we put it into into Lambda mm. Um uh, and I'm I'm rapidly going around lambdafying as much as I can, which is uh, which is really cool. And I know, you know there are some quirks and things you have to sort of deal with, and some downsides. So you have to think carefully. But it it's got me thinking because you were talking about gluing stuff together, taking yeah. all these tools and putting them together. You know, and that's 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 what Amazon Web Services or Azure or Google Cloud Platform. Uh, is these days and I think uh, it's opened my eyes a little bit to that um, you know whole thing of actually you can take a lot of these things and you don't have to worry about the infrastructure and you don't have to worry about choosing a uh, even choosing a web server you know whether you're going to use Tomcat and I, I mean clearly I'm talking about um, you know, some simpler apps yeah. right than, than maybe you've got but you know, we are getting towards that place where you can just start going, well, I'm going to have this thing and that thing. And I'm just going to, I'm not going to worry about setting them up myself. I'm just going to take this bit of code and that bit of code and glue them together mm. doing this. Uh, and which then, I suppose the downside is it starts making me think about uh, those platforms that promise coding without having to write code. <laughs> Your business users can drag and drop. <laughs> Squarespace. They, yeah, it's that kind of thing. Wix. Which as developers, we're always really, um, uh, really sceptical about, aren't we? Because, you know, you think, well, but it will be... What's that, um, what's that programming uh, environment for kids? Scratch. Scratch, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised someone hasn't built yeah. a HTTP server in Scratch yet. Oh, I bet they have. I yeah. bet someone has. It's probably just one block, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you sort of think when this. Yeah, in some ways it's really cool, but in other ways, you know, yeah. Then you stop. Well, then you st basically you, you start hitting various limitations and, and restrictions on what what you can and can't do. And maybe we've been very. Um, um, we've 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 had a glimpse into the future because, of course, in the construction industry, you have a plasterer, an electrician, mm -hmm. and a carpenter, and everyone like all the roles are now very narrow. So maybe we're going to end up in software with a similar thing where you, you like the whole back end front end thing is just going to widen and you're going to have people which are doing the, the sort of the techie stuff on the back end and then you're going to have this breed of programmers which are just using point and click like right, yeah. environments yeah. to do really cool stuff because the other guys have created this really cool stuff that means that you don't have to write any code anymore yeah you know and then you can have people on the front which are making it look pretty and maybe that maybe it's all just going to widen and you know I kind of feel like it's a promise that's come up a lot before and never really been 
Yeah, but I mean, it took a lot of time for us to get um, like nice looking houses. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of enterprise software is predicated on just give this to you. I mean, how old, how old is software? 50 years? It depends on your definition, but yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I would say as, as a as a professional discipline, yeah, yeah, and construction, hundreds, fifty-two, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Oh, Greg, do you know we, the 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 clock has ticked over the hour. We've been talking far too long. Oh, okay. um, I think it's time to wrap this up. Uh, we'll be back soon with another episode i think we wanted to talk about some more kind of producty stuff right you want to talk about some yes i would stuff. like to um to move on to that so okay well we've got some so, homework to do we should okay. we should come back on the um i always thought it was Seinfin, but you're saying it's kinefin kinefin um i'm so pretty sure that's how it's pronounced we should look at that and i'll look into that beck stuff and we can maybe talk about that a bit but yeah, yeah. i think there's um uh some non-programming Stuff that's quite interesting. Your face has dropped. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see what the listeners say. Yeah, we can. (laughs) All four of them. Maybe we should do a poll on Twitter at BitPicking. Okay. Um, Cheerio, Greg. Thanks, Mark. See you soon. Bye.